Welcome to the Smiling at the Future podcast. My name is Christy Rose, and this is my pursuit to glean practical wisdom on femininity, homemaking, finances, relationships, and singleness from the God-fearing men and women in my life. Hope you enjoy this journey with me as we learn to smile at the future. Hello, thank you for coming back to listen to yet another episode. If you have questions or ideas for topics, please write to me at smilingatthefuturepodcast at gmail.com, or you can send a message through our Instagram page. And if you feel so inclined and want to financially support the efforts here, you can do that by clicking the Patreon link in the episode description. Also, happy Valentine's Day. I know today can be somewhat tender for us single ladies, but I'm confident that your heart will be lifted after you hear the sweet encouragement that Betty Price offers on how we can overflow with Thanksgiving in any season of life. So here is that conversation. Welcome back, Betty. It's an honor to sit down with you again and chat about a topic that you exemplify so well in your own life. But before we get started, can you share with the listeners about yourself and where God has you in life and ministry? Well, hi. Hi, I'm glad to be back with you. Um, Where am I right now? I wonder that myself sometimes. Um, We talked about my age last time I was here, and I just turned 80, and I can't even believe it. But I'm still um, teaching at the Master's University, one class right now, and really enjoying the girls and getting to be with them and be a support to to them and really involved in my church and loving that as well and having the opportunity to connect with some neighbors and looking forward to talking to them about the Lord more and more. So those are probably some of the main things that are going on for me right now. Thanks, Christy. You're welcome. Well, the topic we're going to both chat about today As Christians, it should be the Roma of our lives, thankfulness. It's not just something that we do to check off a box on our to-do list um, and say, okay, I thought of my three things that I'm thankful for today, and then we move on. But it really is something that should pervade every part of our lives. And Scripture teaches something that we should be overflowing with. So I'm excited to learn from you today how to live this out better Uh, from the heart, at the heart level. So our first question to get us started, can you help us understand the connection between being thankful and being sound-minded? Yes. I think that when we are, we know God and we know truth about Him, but we, that our heart is not just poured out in worship and thanksgiving to Him, and we're more focused on um, really what we don't have. I think thankfulness and contentment go right together. They're so tied in with each other. And when we're not thankful and we're not content, we're focused mainly on what we do not have rather than what we do have. And I think that that leads to not really thinking well about most things in our lives. Um, it, it can be as though we're thinking like, 
Oh, yeah, Lord, I um, I know it's a great thing that you saved me and I'm being sanctified and I've been rescued from an eternity in hell. And um, you have given me all the riches in Christ. And I am. And that's great, Lord. That's really nice. But what I really want right now is a new house or what I really want is a better car or even what I really want is a husband. And all of those things are are good things to desire and to pray about. But honestly, they pale in comparison with who our God is and what he's done for us. And we can just lose so that when we're thinking mainly on just what we want, our thinking can get all mixed up. And the thing that impacted me so much many years ago, I was on staff at a large church and people would call the church and want to talk to a counselor or somebody who on staff And this young single gal came, and I'd never seen her before. And I think we only met two or three times. But um, when after we chatted, and and she said that she was a believer, and I said, so how can I try to be of help to you today? And she said, uh, she said, well, it's early December, and it's coming to the end of the year, and that means it's Christmas, and I just hate Christmas, and. And I, she said it with such vehemence. And I just thought, well, that seems really strange. I mean, I think we all kind of hate all the commercialism and everything that gets thrown into celebrating Christmas. It has nothing to do with our Savior. But I thought, gosh, that seems really strange, the way she's reacting to all that. And I said, but why would you hate Christmas? And she said, well, Christmas always comes at the end of the year, and it just represents one more year that God has not brought me a husband. I was like, oh, my goodness, Um, how how unsound her thinking has become because her priorities are so out of whack. It was a good thing for her to desire marriage and desire a husband and to be praying about that. But to almost make the worship of God and what he's done for her, I assume she truly was a believer, to make that almost unimportant compared to what it is that she wanted in her life. How can you think soundly about anything when you're that far off? It kind of reminds me of the Israelites. Think about, as you read through scripture, think about, they would have seen, think about all the plagues that they saw in Egypt and what God was doing on their behalf supernaturally to rescue them out of being slaves in Egypt. And then God parted the Red Sea as they came out and they walked through on dry ground. I mean, wouldn't you think, how would you ever get over that? How would you not think about that probably every day of your life? And then as they went on, God provided manna in the wilderness for them to have food to eat. He brought water out of the rock so they could have water. He was with them in a visible way with the cloud and with the pillar of fire. I mean, we want to look back on that and think, well, we would have just worshiped God every day. We would have been thrilled for all that he had done for us and all that he had shown us of his great power on our behalf. But what did they do? They, I mean, they're mainly known for grumbling and complaining, for focusing, even when they would hit an obstacle that they didn't have food or they didn't have water, instead of saying, look what God's already done. Surely he can take care of this. They would be complaining that God didn't provide. They even, you know, one time, remember, they talked about, let's get, let's go back to Egypt. 
It's like, seriously? So, yeah, and I think that's kind of like their thinking was all messed up because they were focusing totally on the wrong thing. So their whole lives, generally speaking, with the Israelites in the wilderness was a negative thing, even after all that God had done for them. Yeah, I've been focusing on Psalm 111, verse 1, that says, I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. Mm-hmm. Um, just think, I think that's similar to a verse that you that you read. That is, it's not even just that I'm just saying words. I mean, we can almost by habit say words. Oh, thank you know, thank you, thank you, thank you, whatever. But but it should be not just words coming out of our mouth, but really from our whole being, from the heart. Generally, in Scripture, is the control center of the person it represents the affections but also the the mind and the thinking and the will it's the character it's who we are and our thanksgiving ought to come from our whole heart from all that we are so that's some of my thinking about sound-mindedness connected with thanksgiving and as women i know I could probably speak for everyone listening. We want to be sound-minded. We don't want to be tossed here and there and believing lies. And so, yeah, such a good reminder that this can help us and keep us focused on truth. Because when we're ungrateful, we do become irrational and it's not true. We tell ourselves lies and then we believe the lies And that it just spirals down after that. Okay, so we know from scripture that thankfulness and worship, they go hand in hand. Can you explain to us why thankfulness is such an integral part of our worship? Yeah, I mean, I think it just really goes to the the heart of the gospel. I mean, um, scripture says that apart from God, we're without hope in the world, that we have no hope. Jesus said, what is it, John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but by me. I mean, we have been rescued from uh, unimaginable, destructive, wrathful future by the, the death of Christ and that we could that we could worship our God and we could worship him. I mean, if we really think about that, how could we not be thankful, right? I mean, we're all sinners and we've all come from different backgrounds. And sometimes our focus is more on God's forgiveness of what I said or did today or yesterday. Sometimes it's maybe more on the past. But just thinking about what God, he has taken me from either a very sinful or ordinary human life and has given me a future in eternity with him. I mean, I think about as a, a young believer, but in my what, late 20s for just a few years, but I really was not walking closely with the Lord and was not honoring Him in relationships with some guys who were pursuing me. And when God kind of rescued me from all of that and just gave me a whole new direction and what it would mean to walk more closely with Him and to... Um, I. It's just, it almost seems automatic that it comes with thanksgiving and with gratitude. And that doesn't mean I'm filled with thanksgiving every single day. I definitely have my issues and moments and challenges, but I feel like I've been growing in recent years more and more with understanding how important that is and really desiring greatly that I would be a thankful 
person and seeking to pursue that with the Lord. Another thing that I think is so crucial about how it ties with worship, Romans 1 lists all these different sins of human nature if you don't turn to God going down, 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 down. And verse 21 says, and they did not even give thanks. It's for those, and it actually says they became futile in their thinking. People who just turn away from God altogether are not thankful to God, obviously. So a lack of thankfulness to God is a characteristic of unbelievers. And being thankful should be a characteristic of us as believers. There's so many verses in scripture that call us to great thanksgiving to to God often and regularly and all the time and with our whole heart. There's so much in Psalms and yeah. And I just think the the goodness of God is what propels us, like you just shared, Betty, the gospel, meditating on that, putting our focus on what God has done and the great works he has done and on his how good he is to us. And we're so undeserving of his grace and his mercy. And yet he just lavishes goodness on us and and gratitude. And this is by... Nancy DeMoss Wolgamuth in her book, Choosing Gratitude, which is excellent. Um, Highly recommend that to the listeners. But she said, gratitude is not the quiet game. It begs to be expressed both to God and to others. Thankful thoughts need to be translated to thankful words. And so as you're meditating on those things about the Lord and His care and His goodness, it needs to come out And I just automatically think of singing. (laughs) And she goes on to say, music and thanksgiving go hand in hand in the Bible. There is something about singing our thanks, not just talking it, that embeds gratitude even more deeply into our souls. And the scriptures are full of that, about singing with thankfulness, specifically the Psalms. I know worship is more than music and singing, but the scriptures make it clear that those two things do go hand in hand. Okay, so our next question here, why is thankfulness a result of faith and how is it related to our joy? Well, I think it's related to faith, just the real basis, our gratitude to God is mainly for our for our salvation, for our ongoing sanctification. It's for God Himself, for who He is, and that He would choose us to belong to Him, and that He gives the gift of faith that we might believe in Him. So that faith is how we receive salvation. It's how we walk with Him and become um, more sanctified all the time as we live as believers. And I think all of that is by faith. Gratitude to God, but in our joy, I think our joy comes from our worship of God and for tr- trusting Him and believing in Him. And it's, we often, our, our joy, our happiness tie it with circumstances or the lack of circumstances. But I think it's really, um, it's a joy that's in God, it's in our salvation, that in any circumstances that we're in, we can find joy. And it may it may bubble over at times, but there may be other times it's a quiet, peaceful kind of joy that doesn't bubble a whole lot. But just knowing God and resting in Him and what He's done for us and continues to do, 
there is a joy, however it manifests itself in different people. But it is a joy that's all tied in with faith and also with thanksgiving, I believe. Mm. And we can be thankful and joyful even in the trials. If we really understand what Scripture says, that the trials God allows into our lives, He brings good out of that. That He's in the process of shaping and molding our character in growing us and using us in the lives of others. And that he, Romans 8, 28, that he brings good out of everything that he allows into our lives. And it may not feel good at the time with some of the things that he allows, but he's working it together for our good. And we can find joy in that. Yeah, there's the only thing more debilitating to go through a trial is to go through it with ungratefulness. And God gives grace to the humble. So if you humbly receive the trial, the hardship that he's allowed into your life, he's going to give you the grace to be thankful even in the midst of it and to have peace and joy. And if you resist that and you choose ingratitude, you're not going to get the grace needed to go through that. You know, you have to humble yourselves before the Lord and There's a quote here in the same book, Choosing Gratitude, where Nancy says, but some of the holy work we need to have done in us and through us can only come through the valley of shadow and suffering. Are you going to be resistant to that? Or are you going to be clay in his hands, knowing that he is intent on shaping you into the image of Christ and wants to use your life for something far bigger than your own comfort, convenience, and pleasure. We have to trust him. He's doing something good, even if it feels painful. And I I just love looking at the life of Johnny Erickson Tato. <laughs> I think about this, a woman who has every right to be ungrateful for her condition, being a quadriplegic, um, having battled cancer multiple times, going through chronic pain, and yet... She, I mean, just a joyful woman. And look at what the Lord has done through her example and her life of trusting in Him. And her her life is not going to be that way forever. Someday she will be reaping the rewards of storing up those treasure in heaven, responding in a way that glorifies God. Um, I just can't even imagine the... <laughs> example she is to the the spiritual realm too of like you know kind of like a job situation where god is just saying no like this you know he will protect uh those who put their trust in him and that segues nicely into our sec- uh next question what does it look like to be thankful in everything yeah, that's great. And and I would amen to what you said about Johnny. I have huge respect for her and great appreciation through the years. She's been an amazing example for us. Um, what does it look like to be thankful in everything? I think that probably kind of goes back to what I was saying about joy, that sometimes we don't we're not thankful for the circumstances. Although I think if we really had the whole big picture that we won't understand until eternity, we could maybe even be thankful for every circumstance. But we can be thankful in the circumstance because we trust God that he is using it for good and that he is with us and that he has said he will never forsake us. He provides strength 
wisdom and comfort for us, even when we're in the midst of really difficult things. Yeah, that he will always bring good out of it for us. I think about, and I think that's what is it, First Thessalonians 5, 18, give thanks in all circumstances. It's hard sometimes for us to do that, but um, yeah, but God's at work. I think when I was with you the other time, and I shared a little bit about the time I had the opportunity to be on a trip in Romania when the dictator was in power, and Christians were living under great persecution there. And um, we were trying, I was, would be with one other woman, and we were trying to travel as secretly as possible and not attract attention, but to be able to meet with six small women's groups in six different towns or cities. And um, it was just, it was such an eye-opening thing for me to see how difficult their lives were, just constantly having to be very careful about, we were in a building at one point where couple of weeks earlier, somebody had thrown a bomb or some little incendiary device through the window, um, didn't blow up the building, but obviously did some damage and scared people. We never shared with the women we were with our real names that were on our passports so that if the secret police it took us, arrested us and interrogated us or did that with the believers, they could never totally connect us and know that we had been there to teach Christian meetings and put those believers in danger. And, you know, one time a pastor picked us up at the train station to drive us to his home. And one of the women across the street was out in her yard and they knew she was an informer to the secret police. So he just drove right by his house and we drove around for about five minutes and came back and she had gone inside. So he got out and opened his gate and drove into the, the back where we were going to be in his house. I mean, they just lived that way. Some of their pastors were in prison, and I think I read on the plane on the way over there, a couple of them had been beaten to death in prison. It was just such difficulty that they lived with all the time. But they were believers, and they they wanted to be able to get together, and they wanted to be able to be taught God's Word and to be with other believers in, in these women's groups. And so it was so amazing to me that as the risks that they were taking, that they would come and be a part of these meetings. And they were so gracious. And any time we talked or they talked and they were speaking in Romanian, they would make sure the translator was there to translate for the two of us so that we could understand what was being said. And it was so interesting for those whole, I think we were in the country for 12 days, when we were in these Christian meetings, the only time they didn't translate the Romanian language for us was when they prayed and we would stand in a circle. And um, I think we held hands sometimes. It, they didn't want to sit down because it was being disrespectful of God to sit down and pray. Mm -hmm. And so um, we would stand in a circle and they would pray in different ones uh, until maybe everybody in the group had prayed. So sometimes it'd be kind of a long time. And often the prayers got very emotional, but they wouldn't translate. And so by the end of the you know 10 or 12 days, I kept hearing two words over and over again. They were obviously related to each other, but I didn't know what they meant. So finally asked somebody, I keep hearing these two words. I don't think I'm totally butchering the pronunciation, but motsumes and motsumim. And I'm like, tell me, what does that mean? What do those words mean? And the person said, well, one means I thank you and the other means we thank you. And I was so struck by hearing all those prayers for several days that those were the two words that stood out to me 
are believers, my sisters in Christ, who are living under the conditions of persecution that they were. They were so thankful to God for, you know, for all for their salvation and for him most of all. They weren't focused on external or trivial things. They were thankful for God's protection, for how he was providing for his salvation. And they just became, and I, I mean, I came back home thinking about if I had brought some of those Romanian friends with me and they listened to my American friends praying what words would stand out to them that they would want to ask about. And I was sad to think, I'm not sure it would be thank you, (laughs) you know, that they would hear the most, but we can all grow in that, you know. But that was a great example to me, a very personal and impactful example of believers in just real difficult, difficult circumstances who could be filled with thanksgiving. It was an incredible blessing to be there and be with Mm -hmm. them during that time. Wow. That's that must have been a powerful experience and just a testimony to the Holy Spirit's work in a believer's life because it is a fruit of the Spirit to be filled with thanksgiving. And that goes right into our next question. How how do we pray with thanksgiving? I mean, there are life is difficult. We have trials. We have petitions that we are bringing before the Lord, that we're casting our burdens onto Him. But how do we pray with thanksgiving while also not ignoring the fact that we do have difficulties and things in our lives that are hard? Yeah, I mean, I think part of it is just, I think, um, habit can be a good word or like spiritual disciplines. I really think it would be good for all of us to just make when we pray, especially when we're having how we refer to devotions or quiet time or just really seeking to spend time with the Lord, to just really make it a practice that we always include a time of thanksgiving. Yeah, that that should just be part of our our prayers, to pray with thanksgiving. And even maybe when we're praying for things that we really want the Lord to provide or to do something in our life or somebody else's life, and we're praying for that, but still thanking Him that, you know, we're believers, that we belong to Him, thankful for the way He's at work, thankful that He hears prayers and that He can answer. And He may answer differently than what we're praying at times but that he is there and he cares. And um, yeah, and just so that we don't become absorbed with our petitions being the only part of our prayer life, you know, that we come to him, please do this, we want this, we want this, we need this. But to begin with a time of worship to him and and then a time of thanksgiving. And some of that can be through reading scripture and including scriptures as a part of your prayer time. I mean, there are some books out there that can guide us even in scriptures to use during those kinds of parts of our prayer time. So to me, I think that's um, a simple answer. It's not easy, but to just really in to make sure that we're including Thanksgiving and even using scripture that can help us, but always including thanksgiving in our prayer time. So what are just practical, if we want to put this into practice, we want to grow in our thankfulness. Do you have just some strategies, ideas for how to make this just a more permanent part of our day and our lives? Well, um, 
I think the first thing I would say, and this would just be kind of changing a mindset, but to just really be committed to not just taking things for granted. You know, it's it's like we want to say, oh, yes, Lord, thank you for salvation. I'm, I'm really glad you provided that. But here's what I'm really focused on. But to to say, I really want to focus on <laughs> what is the main thing. But also, but even in beyond, as we start with our worship of God and our praise to him and our thanksgiving to him, but thinking about the petitions and the other things that we do ask for and pray about, to even um, sometimes even begin maybe by thanking the Lord for already answered prayer. Uh, and also, <laughs> there was a quote that came out a few years ago. I don't know that it was from believers, but it, the quote was, what if all we had today was what we thanked God for yesterday? I guess it was believers. They're talking about God here. What if all we had today was what we thanked God for yesterday? I mean, that just even that question becomes a point of conviction, right? It's like, oh, I have I had so much yesterday that I want to keep hanging on to, to today, but I didn't really thank God for it. And I'm not saying that you you know got to make a list of a thousand things and you got to repeat that every single day because that would get to be where your heart's not really involved in that either. But to just to to say I'm not going to just be on autopilot here. I mean, even th- I was thinking about just even in human relationships, like if you have a really close friend or um, a roommate or a, a spouse. Think about if you really love that person and you often do things to help them, to support them, to provide for them, but they never say thank you. I mean, that would be really hard, right? I mean, probably most of us would stop doing some of those things if the person never says thank you. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they say thank you, you know, once a month or something, but you feel like you're doing things all day, every day or all week long. And you just don't receive gratitude and you're not doing it to get the gratitude, but it just seems like, you know, that would be a natural part of it. And I think about, you know, God is doing all kinds of things for us all the time. I mean, he's mainly salvation, our eternity, but he's with us. He's providing for us. He's caring for us all the time. But sometimes we would pay more attention in a human relationship and say genuinely thank you more often than we would to our God. And he's way more deserving of our thankfulness and our thank you to him. So I think trying to just change our mindset about just I'm, I don't take it for granted that I have a relationship with God, that I'm, I'm his and he's going to be there. I'm really grateful for that every single day. So that would be one thing. Another thing I think would be to memorize some verses on Thanksgiving. I would even recommend, there's so much in the Psalms. I would even recommend, you know, reading through the Psalms and taking note of every time it talks about Thanksgiving. And even as you were saying, like with with joy and singing, there's a lot in Psalms about singing with joy and with thankfulness and worship. Yeah, there's a lot in Psalms. Um, I think some of the other verses that we've mentioned, First um, Thessalonians 5.18 talks about give thanks in all circumstances. Um, there are several verses in Colossians about Thanksgiving. Um, chapter 1, verse 3, we always, always, always thank God. 
the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ when we pray for you. So it's like even praying for somebody else, but thanking God for them or for how he's worked in their life. Colossians 2, 6, and 7. Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk day by day by day, walk in him, having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him and established in your faith, just as you were instructed. And what's the last thing? Overflowing with gratitude. Overflowing with gratitude. Do we overflow? Would would our friends recognize that about us? Would they say that we're characterized by thankfulness and gratitude? Colossians 3, 14 to 17, beyond all these things put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you, with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts. Now, you would think singing with your voice, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. So obviously it's with your voice, but it needs to come from your heart as well. I mean, do we ever sing in church and we sing the words, but we're thinking about something else, right? I mean, we've all done that. (laughs) Yeah, but let our singing our praises to God come from our heart. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. And then Colossians 4.2, devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving. I was reading in Hebrews this morning, because in our women's Bible study, that's what we're doing. And it was Hebrews 12 at the very end of that chapter, after all this doctrine about not turning away from Christ, our high priest, and the, the better sacrifice, and the better covenant, and all that's been done for us. And then the word, therefore, therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And thus, let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. But the whole thing starts, therefore, let us be grateful. So again, the admonition is there in Scripture regularly. I really appreciate how you talked about being aware that the Lord is with you and hears you and offering those thanksgivings regularly throughout your day in your heart or just prayer. And I'm just a mind-boggling thought that the God of the universe knows you, cares about you, knows the hairs on your head, I mean, loves you with an everlasting love, has died for you for your sins to bring you into a relationship with Him. I mean, I... Yeah, just amazing truths to think about. How how could our hearts not overflow with thanksgiving when we have this kind of God? Right. Amen. And I think, you know, in the where you're talking, I love what you're saying. When we talk about the very practical things for us to do, just real simple things. One, um, thing I thought about, I think I was part of a group one time where we were talking about thankfulness and somebody challenged us when you wake up in the morning before you get out of bed, thank God for five things. 
tell him five things you're thankful for before you even put your feet on the floor. And I thought, okay, I mean, that's a good way to start your day, right? Yeah, I have a little um, framed plaque here a friend gave me a few years ago that says start each day with gratitude. I'm like, okay, that's that's a good reminder. Obviously, I think during our quiet time, our devotional time, to, as I said before, to really include Thanksgiving as part of that worship time would be an important practical thing that we could do. Now, sometimes I feel like when we pray before meals, it becomes, it's just habit. It's just words that we say. It's, uh, and I think we sh- if we're doing that, we should rethink that. I mean, we're praying, not just thanking God for our food, but for the fellowship or the person we're meeting with or maybe praying for them. But I think we we need to be grateful for the food God provides every day. I mean, that was part of the Lord's prayer, you know, give us this day our daily bread. And and He there are people in the world who are struggling to have food to eat every day and even some believers in different countries. And I I think it would be good for us to have an attitude of thankfulness to God, true thankfulness for the, and we probably have more access in this country to healthy food than most anybody on the planet. We don't always eat healthy, but we have the access to it when some people don't have that at all. We have so much to be great. And that was another thing about Romania. I did get to go in one or two grocery stores and I don't think there was any fresh produce at all, period. And when I came back and walked in the first market here and just looked at this huge array and pyramids of oranges and, you know, all the different colors in in the produce, and I just started crying and I left the market. I'm like, okay, I have to shop another day. I can't do this right now. I've just been with my brothers and sisters in Christ who are wonderful people and so thankful, and they don't have anything like this. You know, Mm -hmm. I wanted to pack it all up and ship it to them, which obviously Mm. wasn't anything that I could do. So another thing, and just the the only other thought I think I had particularly about this, I think there are probably a lot of practical things you could do, but I was thinking about setting some goals about this, but to even partner with friends, with other people, I find in getting feedback from my students at Masters, I mean, they're often having conversations with one another, or they want to hold each other accountable, or talk about goals that they've set and really kind of ask each other how they're doing. But I think we could partner with other people and and just ask our friends, you know, what, what are you thankful for today? Yeah, what what has God done this week that you are just incredibly thankful to Him for? Or how do you express your thanksgiving to Him for your salvation? Mm-hmm. That we could have more conversations with one another, and I think that would stir us up too. And I, and probably additionally, read some good books. You're quoting from some great books there, and that mm-hmm. would be wonderful. Read books in addition, first with God's Word, but in addition to God's Word, read good, solid Christian books about thankfulness and get challenged that way as well. I think it'd be great. Really, really great tips there, Betty. And so appreciate that because we do know that thankfulness, that attitude is a work of the Holy Spirit, but we also have a responsibility to be diligent to pursue it. It's not just something we're completely passive in. Uh, We cooperate with the Spirit. We put the disciplines in place to cultivate that attitude of thankfulness by what we put in our minds. We're renewing our minds. And that is a very important part of this growth. So yeah, loved all those passages that you read. 
and think those are excellent to be memorizing and meditating on and just praying. If you really struggle, if you're a very negative, ungrateful person, maybe a glass half empty type of person, which I I struggle in that. I'm, I'm kind of more of that way. And so I have to fight against that. And so, yeah, I would just encourage you if you're in that place, ask for God's help. Fill your mind with truth, with scripture, with the gospel. Another excellent book is The Gospel Primer by Milton Vincent. Just small paperback book with really um, clear elements of the gospel that you can be thinking about, thanking the Lord for. And this whole process of thanksgiving, it is so helpful because it takes our eyes off of ourselves. We all need help in that. We're all tempted to be self-focused, self-centered, absorbed with our problems. And we have to practice taking our eyes off of ourselves and putting them on the Lord and on what He's done and what He's doing. So this is going to be really helpful in that fight as well. Such a joy, Betty, to sit down with you to hear how you do this. Just thank you for bringing God's word in such a practical, relevant way into this discussion. And yeah, I'm convicted. I'm always convicted after every one of these discussions and want to live this out more. And with the Lord's help, we will be able to. And we have the victory in Christ to be able to put off ungratefulness and to put on a thankful heart. Amen. I'm challenged too. It's great. We challenge each other. 